And thank you for joining me on Underneath the Hat, Underneath the Hat podcast, airing every Saturday on the Underneath the Hat YouTube page. I am speaker, author, and podcaster of Underneath the Hat, Cherie Simmons, and I am so happy and grateful you are joining me for a powerful episode, our first reboot episode of Underneath the Hat. I am so excited. It's been months since I have done a podcast, since this whole COVID and quarantine and trying to pivot and figure out what direction I want to go in. It's good to be able to come back and reboot and rebrand. When Underneath the Hat first started with the podcast, it was based on my book, Underneath the Hat, which you see behind me which is available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. After writing that book and unveiling my truth, I realized that there were people out here who needed to hear other people's testimonies. And so that's how the podcast began on Anchor, which is more of an audio than a visual. So after going through the quarantine and going through dealing with COVID, I decided to rebrand and do something different. And so here we are on StreamYard using our YouTube channel as a way to speak to people, not only through audio, but also visually. So I want to thank everybody for coming on and joining me with this reboot and with this rebranding of Underneath the Hat. We're going to dive into some topics that everyone has experience with, whether you've been on the receiving end on of it or you've actually done it to other people. But I truly believe that everyone's testimony is a breakthrough for someone else. So I want to give people an opportunity to share their testimony and ultimately help someone else who may be watching to heal in the process. So underneath the head podcast, we're going to be dealing with the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I decided to do different series every couple of weeks, inviting different guests on based on what the series is. So we're going to talk about hurt. Everyone has been hurt at some point in their lives. Everyone has been hurt underneath their hats. Um, in my book, the hat speaks about the first lady hat, but it also talks about the hat of being a woman and a an educator and a sister and a daughter. And people wear hats as husbands and wives and, and siblings and aunts and uncles, entrepreneurs. So everyone can attest and recognize the things that we will be talking about on this podcast. It's not just for women, but it's for men too. And so we're gonna talk about the different hurts that we have because I've noticed going through this pandemic and being able to sit with my thoughts and reevaluate some things that I've gone through and having my sessions more frequently with my therapist, I've realized that everyone's been hurt. And some people don't have the courage to speak to other people. Some people don't have the finance to have a therapist. Some people don't believe in a higher being. And so who do they turn to? So I've noticed as an educator that sometimes my students learn better when their peers tell them something, then when I tell them something. 
we've all had that experience. Well, our parents tell us something, we don't listen, but then somebody else from outside can tell us the same thing and we pay attention to it. Same thing here. So we will have regular people come on and share their stories of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the lessons that they've learned going through these situations. I am a firm believer in that you can go through trials and tribulations, but what did you learn from? And so before these people leave, they have agreed to come on and share their stories. I want them to share light on, light on what they learned so that whomever may be watching or listening will realize that I can get through it because they got through it. And here are some tools that I can use based on the testimonies of these people where they will share the good, the bad, and the ugly. So this first series we're going to tackle <laughs> is Church Hurt. Now, I know Church Hurt gets a bad rap. Um, this was a, a big uh, to-do of people saying there's no such thing as Church Hurt. And I don't understand it. Well, let me give everyone some clarity. When people were saying church hurt, they weren't meaning that the Lord Jesus Christ did something to them personally. They meant that within the walls of the church, there were things that they experienced that caused them pain or hurt. So therein lies church hurt. So I have four wonderful people who in the next upcoming weeks will come on and share that church hurt, whether it's first lady, hurt, pastor, hurt, parishioners, hurt, administrator, assistant, hurt. Whatever area of the church that they have worked in or been in, they are going to come and they're going to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's the whole premise of this show. They can say it in any order they want, but ultimately every experience has good, has bad, has ugly. And I want everyone to walk away knowing that you can overcome no matter what area you decide to focus on. So what other way to start the relaunch, reboot of Underneath the Hat podcast than to start with my first guest, which is me. I want to make sure that people who may have joined under the first podcast and those who may not be familiar with me know a little bit about me. I'm a firm believer in I don't want to hear from someone who's not willing to tell their truth. We all know too many people who want to listen to other people's business but don't want to tell theirs. So I am very open, honest, transparent, very transparent. If you read my book, you'll know why. So I am ready to share the good, the bad, and the ugly of my church Hurts. Now, I'm not going to tell you too much about it because I want you to get the book. Trust me, it is a page turner. And you can find that book again on Amazon and wherever books are sold. So, let's get to it. Church Hurt, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I always like to start with the bad news first and then work my way up to the good. So let's start with the ugly. As <laughs> I've been in the church since I was 10 years old. I've been on every ministry 
from the bottom to the top. I have been a praise dancer. I've been in the choir. I've been the president of the junior usher board. Um, I was a member of the junior usher board. I was um, the secretary on the board of Christian education. I was the secretary on the music um, ministry. I was the secretary on the pastoral relations committee. I was an alcoholite. I have preached sermons during Youth Sunday in my one of my churches. I then went to a church and became the chair, assisted with the usher board at one church as an adult. And then I ran the anniversary service for the church, for the usher board. I left there and became a first lady. So from doing that, I worked with the youth. And I was the deaconess. And I worked with the praise dancers. And I worked with the women. And from there, I left. And then I became a church clerk at one church. And the director of the choir, the president of the choir. And now I'm just a parishioner. I have gone through every area of being within the church walls, except for count money. And I've even done that when I served as the church anniversary co-chair of making sure that the money that came in was accounted for and given to the trustee board. So I've been on every committee you could possibly be in church since the age of 10. And for 28 years, I have been within a church wall and I have been hurt several times by people within that church. So the ugly part about being, I'll stick to my longest position that I had in the church, which is, was the first lady. I was the first lady of a Baptist church on the south side of Chicago. Ooh, four or five years. And the ugly part about being the first lady of a any church is that <laughs> people think that getting close and being with the pastor gets you a golden ticket to heaven. That's the ugly part about being the first lady of a church. You can't really trust a lot of people because for some reason, people seem to think that the closer you are to a pastor, the closer you are to Jesus. And so you have women out there that will do everything they can to get close to him, even though he's married. And not to take any responsibility, not to take any responsibility off of him as the pastor, because he should know better. He stood in front of the church and in front of God and vowed to be faithful. But that doesn't always happen, especially when you have temptation throwing itself at you around every corner. And so that, would that was definitely the ugly part was that I couldn't trust anybody. I was in my late 20s as the first lady of a church. I was an introvert. I kept to myself and then I'm thrust into this position and to have people who acted as though they were my sister, acted as though they were my friend and they were the main ones who were trying to get that golden ticket. It was the ugliest part about it was not being able to trust people. And you can learn more about that in my book. Um, that I would say is the ugly part. The bad part 
The bad part about being first lady is that the facade, ooh, the mask you have to wear. The mask you have to wear. Now, growing up in church as a little girl, I was told by my mother, don't you embarrass me. So already we were, it was put in, into us, into our psyche to always be on our best behavior, never let anybody see us doing something that we shouldn't be doing. Basically never make a mistake. Because if you do, you're gonna be embarrassing your family or your parents. And so at an early age, it was instilled in me, don't you embarrass me. And so going in as a first lady, they are held at a different level than other people. They are like the celebrities in the church to get caught and you are escorted down the road. You have the aisle, you have a certain seat that you sit in, you wear certain hats and certain suits and certain shoes and you get parkings. When it's time for luncheons and banquets, you're at the head table. So you have to put on this certain air and carry yourself so you may be the total opposite you have to act as though this is who you are so that was the hardest part for me was being someone that I wasn't I was quiet I was shy I could keep to myself and be okay with it and be thrust into a position where you had to be on at all costs, whether you wanted to be or not. You had to be with people who you normally wouldn't mess with, whether you or not. Um, so that was the biggest thing was putting on airs, having to put on a mask and be something that you really weren't. I would rather have sat in the back and been on the usher board and been okay. But because I was married to the pastor, I had to act a certain way. I had to carry myself a certain way. And that wasn't difficult for me because I was not one of these women who did, was on team too much. I'm not the type to do too much anyway. So it wasn't difficult for me to carry myself as a young lady because that's who I ultimately was. But to not be able to curse when I felt like it or roll my eyes when I wanted to or give you one of my Cherie looks that I use often now, that I realize who I am and I can be who I am and if no one likes it, that's okay with me. Now that I know who I am and I'm comfortable in my own skin, the things that I I do now, I could have never done given the ex-husband that I had. I could have never done it. And so I had to, there were parts of me then that have come out now that were there then. But I could not behave in that way. I had to save everything calm. And so that, that puts a toll on you when you feel like you're walking around being fake, not truly being yourself, not truly being authentic. That's why authenticity and transparency and consistency are some of my goals and it's my mantra. That's what I live by. Drive consistency, integrity, and transparency. That's who I am now. And I couldn't be all those things because of the relationship that I was in and the role that I had as first lady. Um, another thing that was bad was that I lost the church 
in a divorce. <laughs> so people are like, what you mean you lost the church? I liked the members of this church. Like, if I could have gotten rid of my ex-husband, I eat a pastor and stay, and trust me, I tried. Um, I would have been okay. Like, I liked them. I felt more comfortable around them than I ever had any church that I've been to. And they were my fifth, fourth church that I've been a member of. I was comfortable there. I liked being there. The people were nice. I still have relationships with some of them now. They were genuine relationships. They didn't want the ones that I would, that I am still cordial with now. They didn't want anything from me. They didn't expect anything from me. But that idea that I had, that I, that was put in me, that idea of what a first lady should be and how she should carry herself that had been put in me is what drove me to not be myself completely around them. And now that I think about it, I believe that I actually could have, but I wasn't trained to do that. But if I could have kept them in a divorce, I wouldn't. I would have stayed there. I would still be there if he weren't there. Um, you can read more about that in my book. Um, but yeah, that was another bad thing, having to lose them, the relationships that I had. Um, and having to go and start all over again. But I really liked the members of that church. Like I really felt at home. We were most of them were like family. You'll find out why I say most when you get the book. Most of them were like family. So I was happy to go, even though there were moments where I felt like, oh, I don't feel like being this person today. So that was another bad thing. Um, for those that have tuned in, this is Underneath the Head Podcast. I am your host, author, educator, podcaster, Cherie Simmons. And this is the podcast Underneath the Hat. And we are discussing the good, the bad, and the ugly of church hurt. I am discussing the role that I had as First Lady and sharing with you those three components of being in that position. So I've done the ugly, I've done the bad, now the good. Now I know some people would think that I would say the good would be the the accolades that you get for being a first lady. Your name being called the fancy suits, the hats, the shoes, which I still can't get rid of, Lord have mercy. That's a lot of money. Oh my God. Um, the, the prestige, the respect that you get from most people of being in that position, the special seating, the special position. No, that wasn't a good part for me. I could. I'm a behind-the-scenes type of person. So I could have passed on all that. The good part about being first lady... Whew. Um, God. Is that a good part? The good part about being first lady was that... I guess the relationships that I formed. I formed some good relationships. I got to see another part of the church that I had never seen. Um, for those that just came on, I was explaining at the beginning how I've been in church since I was 10. 
And for 28 years, I have been on every committee I could possibly be in and every leadership role I could possibly be in from the bottom to the top. The top being the pastor's wife, the first lady. I I just like the relationships, some of the relationships that I formed that I still have today from women who saw me for Sheree. They looked past me being first lady. I was like a girlfriend to them. I was a friend, and I'm still friends with them to this day. I've been divorced six years now, and I'm still friends with these women. We still talk. They still encourage me. I still encourage them. They still support me. I still support them. Um, so I'm happy about the fact that that was the good part of being able to form some relationships, especially for little old me who was in her late 20s and an introvert and could keep to herself. The women that I'm close to now really brought me out of my shit. Really brought me out of my shit. I was friends with some people who... People always say I tend to block or the ones that other people have issues with tend to block towards me. I don't know why. I, don't, I think it's because I have this peaceful, humbling spirit, I've been told by a lot of people. And so I guess I'm the place or the one person that people can find comfort in. They don't feel like I'm judging them and that I see them for who they are and not what they can do for me. So I always tend to have the, <laughs> the fire starters who come my way, but I've never had a problem. Never had a problem. Um, they were my shoulders when I needed to cry. They were my ears when I needed someone to listen. If I needed someone to go deeper on them, they were ready to go deeper on them. Um, so definitely the good part about being First Lady is that you get to know more about members than you probably would if you were just a regular member. Um, and that's what I'm grateful for those relationships that I still have. We may not talk as much as we used to, but I know if I need to make a call, I can. And I don't think I would have gotten it if I had not been put into the position of first lady. Another good thing that happened with being first lady is it, it kind of pulled me out of my shell a little so, so that I felt more comfortable talking to people. Because the fact that I'm doing this right now, six years ago, never would have happened. I just happened. The worst that I guess I need a back on them, but I don't like to wear earrings. I'll tell you the truth. The only damn reason I'm wearing these things is because I know my mother would say, Sheree, earrings. <sighs> um, so yeah, I got to come out of my shell of being a first lady. It made me step outside of my shell. It made me speak to people I normally wouldn't speak to. It made me open up. So those are the two things I would say were the good part of being a first lady. Lessons I learned. The one lesson that I learned of being a first lady is that and from the church hurt that I experienced is as the Bible says to watch and pray. I was too comfortable trusting people. And I realized that the people that I trusted the most were the ones who hurt me the most because I was so naive 
that I believed that everybody around me meant me good. And it wasn't until I went through some things as a first lady, went through some church hurt, that I realized that everybody that's smiling in your face doesn't wish you well. Read the book. Trust me. So I would say it definitely made me more cautious about people and to not just believe what people say, but to believe what they do. Another lesson that I learned is that um, who I am is okay. Who I am is okay. And to not dim my life to somebody else. I dim my life in, in their relationship because I was made to feel that my light wasn't strong, my light wasn't bright, my light wasn't powerful. But the one thing that I learned after taking the rose-colored glasses off and reflecting and analyzing and dissecting that relationship is that even the devil sees the good in people. That's why the devil knows who to go after. There's this quote I always say is that a burglar doesn't rob an empty bank. So many of us are going through things today and we wonder, why does the devil keep doing it? Why does the devil keep coming after me? Because the devil sees something in you that you don't see. A burglar is not going to rob an empty bank. They have done their work. They've gone in. They've done their surveillance. They scout, scope, scout, whichever word, out the place. They know what's in there. They wouldn't waste their time making a plan to go into a place they couldn't get anything out of. That they didn't see any value in it. So when the devil keeps pushing you and keeps knocking at your door and keeps bothering you, it's because he sees something valuable in you that you don't see. And that's what I realized. I had people around me that wanted me to dim my light because they were insecure about theirs. They knew how bright my light was. I didn't know, but they did. And so they manipulated me and controlled me and did everything they could to make sure that I didn't realize how special and valuable and important I was. So one of the lessons, another lesson I learned was to realize my worth. Realize my worth. And so that's what I say to everyone today as we get ready to close. Realize your worth. If so much stuff keeps happening around you, it's because there's something valuable about you. No one would keep bothering you if there was nothing in it. If all these people keep coming at you hard, you got all these haters, that's because they see something that you don't see yet. So I want you to sit down, I want you to be still, I want you to analyze, I want you to reflect and figure out what is it about me that everybody wants to keep coming at me when I'm not doing anything to anybody. Now, there are some people who do do things. They cause people to come at me. Now, you also need to be honest with yourself. But if you're a person where you don't bother anybody, but things keep happening to you, it's because there's something in you that other people want either for themselves or that they don't want you to realize so that it ends up coming to fruition. So that's my good, my bad, my ugly, and the lessons that I learned. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the reboot of Underneath the High Hat Poundcast. I am your host, Cherie Simmons. Don't forget, Check out my book underneath the hat on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Also, if you are interested 
And being on the show, you can email me at underneath the hat at gmail.com. I already have my guest for church hurt, but if that's something you want to come on and talk about, send me an email. And we're going to focus on work hurt. We're going to focus on family hurts, love hurts, um, school hurts. So any hurts that we go through underneath our hats that you all want to share your story, email me at underneath the hat at gmail.com and I will start to schedule my next episodes and hopefully we'll be able to hear your good, your bad, and your own. Also, I want to thank you all again one last time. Make sure you check out this episode and all of the other ones on my YouTube channel underneath the hat. Make sure you like and subscribe. And as I say at the end of all of my episodes, remember to take care of yourself underneath the hat. Again, thank you so much. And I will see you next week.